My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, you who have just been placed there on the altar, we begin this time of prayer with an act of faith in your real presence. And we know that uh, your presence here could only have happened through the power of the Holy Spirit who brought you down here during the Mass in which the priest said the words of consecration, the divine words, and that brought you, your real presence, into those hosts that are hidden there in that ciborium. And it's, uh, it's important for us that we understand and deepen now in our prayer on the role of the Holy Spirit in our life, so that he not be some kind of distant, vague, symbolic thing up there that we can't see and rarely ever experience. These are the words that our Lord made to the apostles just before, just before he ascended. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to dwell with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, whom the Lord, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you, you shall know Him, because He will dwell with you and be in you. Mysterious, mysterious words from St. John. And then think how great the Holy Spirit must be if the Lord actually said to the apostles in a few verses later, He said, it is to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage. And they're going, you're going away? I mean, yes, it's to your advantage. I mean, you can imagine the great joy they had of being with him and how happy they were and they, how much they loved him but it's actually to their advantage that he go away because if he goes away then the Holy Spirit can come and therefore we have to see how that advantage really works in my life he said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses throughout the world those are the very last words that the Lord uttered just before his ascension into heaven. You will be my witnesses. How the apostles must have felt upon hearing those words, how they were moved, well, we can only imagine how they must have felt. But we know of their deep love for Jesus, their trust in his words, 
Well, all that prompted them to, to wait and to not be aimlessly wandering around, but be together, united in prayer with the women and Mary in the upper room. They were drawn there like a magnet, a place of comfort, a place of refuge, and that's when the Holy Spirit came and descended upon them with flames of fire, tongues of fire. Well, you and I are here together as well, and we ask for that very same Holy Spirit now to come into our souls, to our life, to truly invigorate our spiritual life, to invigorate our professional life, our family life, to infuse us with a grace that will ultimately lead us to greater desires for holiness, greater desires to, to live in our life the will of God, to be prompt, to have more zeal, to have more purity in our thoughts, in our mind. And that can only happen if the Holy Spirit really, we let Him dwell there. And we get a, we get a glimmer of, of light if we meditate on the fact that Jesus is the Word, made man. God, we say, God with us. He's the Word made man, or Word made flesh. He's God with us. And that the Holy Spirit the third person of the Blessed Trinity, comes to our soul and dwells there with the Father and the Son. He is God in us. Jesus is God with us. The Holy Spirit is God in us. And uh, we are here in the world. We love the world that we're in. And we don't worship it as though it were an idol nor do we submit to its dictates. But we want to rather offer it to Christ. We can do that because the Holy Spirit dwells somehow in our soul, some mysterious way. And we are citizens of the city of men with uh, our soul filled with real longing for God. And uh, as St. Paul said, uh, don't forget that in the midst of a corrupt society in which we live, the church grew thanks to the Holy Spirit. And the, the church started in a pagan society. And we, we must think that that was, that was the fact that all Europe was converted like that was the fruit of the Holy Spirit acting in the apostles. So, okay, so let's, let's picture the Holy Spirit now active, active in your soul active in my soul. Are you aware how he acts in your mind? Are you aware how he actually prompts you in your will? How he guides your conscience? How the Holy Spirit, for example, can raise you up out of a moment of sluggishness or sadness? Certainly, the first Christians were very well aware of the Holy Spirit. It made them move. It gave them a deep sense of responsibility. We can see how they evangelized all of pagan Europe, which was you know, filled with all these roads made by pagan Romans that had crisscrossed all of Europe, 
with these marvelous Roman roads, many of which still exist today, a grid work of roads, which then became the pathways to spread the gospel. Thanks to the Roman roads built by pagans. They could bring the gospel everywhere. But it meant they had to get up, go and walk and, and be proactive and responsible for the, for the gospel they had received. And in some way there, they were responding to the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Pope Francis said in 2017 in an audience, he said that the Spirit is the wind that drives us onwards. That keeps us on the path. That makes us feel we are pilgrims and strangers. That does not permit us to settle and become he says, sedentary people. He often talks about being sedentary. Just Sometimes he uses the expression to be couch potatoes, right? just to lie there, watch that, flick that through the channels, and watch all the possible games that they're on. And maybe we go without that much zeal. Well, we can go to the example of uh, St. Josemaria in 1934. He was a young priest, very young, not much experience as a priest yet. And he was no doubt nervous and unsure of how to, how to proceed. He knew God had given him a big task, but he was still unsure. And he wrote down a prayer, 1934, that seems to kind of like a burst out of his heart at a time of great need, many challenges, many difficulties, and, and I would say a certain insecurity on his part or let's say, at least a great knowledge of his own shortcomings. It's a famous prayer that was later written down in prayer cards, and that you can see, there's a picture of St. Josemaria, and then on the back there's this prayer. It's the prayer to the Holy Spirit. It says, uh, you may have read it, it says, Come Holy Spirit, enlighten my understanding to know your commands. Strengthen my heart against the wiles of the enemy. Inflame my will. My will. I have heard your voice. I don't want to harden my heart to resisting by saying later, tomorrow, nunchepi, now. Nunchepi means today I begin, now. Lest there be no tomorrow for me. O spirit of truth and wisdom, spirit of understanding and counsel, spirit of joy and peace, I want what you want. I want it because you want it. I want as you want it. I want when you want it. Amen. It's a, it's a beautiful prayer that some no doubt have memorized. Because it really does encapsulate the essentials of our relationship to the great unknown, to the Holy Spirit. He can strengthen our heart. That is, our ability to love even that which is quite unlovable, or at least very hard to love. He says, um, he says, I've heard your voice, I don't want to harden my heart, resisting by saying later, tomorrow. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. He can help us to fight procrastination. This is called the, the prayer for the procrastinator. If you search up prayer to the procrastinator, you'll find this prayer. Because we know we all procrastinate. We put off things 
that are hard to do, rather we do things that are easier. And when we do that, conflicts start to grow out of control. We do our work with subpar quality. We miss deadlines. Because we're procrastinating. procrastinating. We're putting things off that we should be doing. So the Holy Spirit can, can help us not to procrastinate, but just to say, now, I have to do this now. He can give us greater self-knowledge as to why we put things off. Why we put that off. Is it, uh, do we put things off because we're fearing failure or an anxiety as to whether I can do this job? Maybe in little things, like uh, smaller things, like have I found myself saying tomorrow, uh, in my rosary, tomorrow I'll do it, or tomorrow this, medi- this mortification, or, or I don't, don't want to address this difficult topic with my spouse now because it's... it's Conversations are going to be difficult. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that another day. That's procrastination. Or this tedious work that I just don't like. We procrastinate. So we can go right there, the Holy Spirit. Noom chepi. Now. Now I begin. Lest there be no tomorrow for me. Imagine if you're thinking, "Ah, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll speak with my wife tomorrow. I'll speak with my son tomorrow about this thing. And then we die in a car accident. And our Lord says, you're supposed to speak about the... That thing. And really what the Holy Spirit can do is is drive us with this inspiration, this zeal, really when we're not up to the task, or we don't feel we're up to the task, or we're too tired, or we feel humdrum. I'm sure you all by now have heard about the miracle that happened last week in the Kentucky Derby in Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. This incredible miracle happened in one of the horse races there. There was a tremendous upset with a horse called Rich Strike. Uh, This was not a horse to bet on. In fact, the odds were 80 to 1 against him. And uh, he was even not going to be let into the race. And the trainer was down, he was planning on getting out of the business. Um, a few years ago, his stables caught fire because of a lightning strike. He lost like 23 young stallions. He lost tons of memorabilia, you know, lots of data that he had, and records. Um, he lost everything. And they managed to save some of those steeds, but... Uh, he was really thinking, that's it, I'm, I'm getting out of this business. But he thought, well, maybe I'll just try this horse. And they barely allowed him in. Rich strike, they called him. And, uh, and they, they're off. They go off. And the announcer doesn't even mention him because he's literally at the very back of the pack. And there were like, I think, uh, uh, 17 horses all running like crazy. And... Rich Strike is at the very back. And the announcer is going, ah, Nicolibrium is going, he's, he's three lengths ahead. And these two others, there was two, you know, back, neck and neck. And that's all that the announcers were talking about. And then, slowly but surely, ridden by this Venezuelan jockey, his name was Sonny Leon, this, this horse starts making his way up 
you know, weaving and bobbing in the crowd, in the crowd of horses. He doesn't go on the outside, he's just inside. He's got a horse right there in front of him, and he manages to get up. And, I mean, amazing. It was just amazing. And suddenly the announcer says, my God, it's Rich Strike. And he's coming up, coming up, coming up, and he wins the race. It was an absolute, uh, total, overwhelming upset. And um, he won the rest. And, and sometimes we may feel like we're at the back of the pack. Right? We can't seem to get that drive right? or that movement. We try to pray, but we're distracted, we're dissipated. It's difficult for us to understand what we're reading. We fall asleep. We're passive. The odds are stacked against us in the apostolate. This guy's not going to agree to come to a retreat. This guy's not going to want to say uh, a rosary with me or go on a pilgrimage. Or we just have that experience of rejection like rich strike. But... If we invoke the Holy Spirit and really acknowledge in faith that the Holy Spirit is truly present in our soul, Christ is next to us, the Holy Spirit is in us, He kind of energizes our will, our love, our heart. If we let the Holy Spirit energize us, we can be like that stallion. Not simply for human success, but energized by the, by the spirit of truth and the spirit of wisdom. And we can weave and bob ahead and pass those 17 horses. St. Rosemary said in 1974, he said, Either we second the impetus of the Holy Spirit, which will lead us to serve the Lord with joy, or we will be dragged along by our own spirit our pride. And then we will easily end up at the mercy of the devil. Meditate on the importance, he says, of entering by ways of true prayer. That's how we will go along the pathways of real docility. So the, the docility he's talking about is the docility to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We realize I have to do this thing, I have to call that person. That's, that's the Holy Spirit saying, call that guy. Work on this now. Go to bed now. You're staying up too late. Turn the computer off. It's too late. Go to bed. Get your rest. Or in the morning, get up. Get up now. Don't dawdle. Keep, let's going. It's a new day. It's a new day to serve the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit. He's there in our soul. He's going, look, come on, let's go. And when we embrace the truth of those words that St. Josemaria used to often repeat, he would say one word, possumus. He would say, possumus, yes, we can. Taken from the Gospel of St. John, where these two, this, this, this mother had her two sons and she asked our Lord if they could be seated at the right hand and the left hand in his kingdom. And he said, are you able to drink the chalice that I'm going to drink? In other words, are you really able to suffer with me? Are you really able to go all the way? And they said, in Latin, it's bosumus. Yes, we can. In other words, we're ready to do what it takes. That bosumus 
didn't came nece come necessarily from their own strength, but kind of like it was like a response to the Holy Spirit acting in that, in them. And they said, posumus, which is, as you know, plural. We can. They did not say posum, which would be I can. We say posumus because we are a family, we are united in the communion of saints. Even if we, apparently we are all alone, we can still say we can, posumus. And of course, the plural, posumus, comes from us and the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit mysteriously acts in us. And that's why, for St. Josemaria, the word posthumus was meant to be uh, an expression of daring, not an expression of, I can, in the sense of pride. I can do this. I'm capable. It's an expression of apostolic daring, sort of saying, I know how to do this because the Lord is with me. The Lord has given me formation. It's not saying, I can do this, get out of my way. We can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. Nothing. We can't even pray. We can't even say the word, uh, the, the name Jesus. If we could, if we could more um, readily understand and and be docile to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our life, so much more could happen. Another image that we see, of course, in uh, the letter to the Hebrews, is the image of the anchor and the wind, right? referring to the Holy Spirit. He's the anchor, like in any anchor, you're in a boat, you throw out the anchor, it gives you stability, gives the boat stability, firmness, security. When you're anchored among the waves, the winds, the upheavals of, of the sea. But the anchor, according to the letter of the Hebrews, is not deep at the bottom of the sea, but we are anchored in hope of heaven. That's where the anchor is. Our anchor is, is really in God's promise, God's promise of heaven. And the wind helps us advance. The wind is the Holy Spirit of God, but that doesn't help us advance how we want, but how the Holy Spirit prompts us, guides us, leads us. Can you really say that that the you know that the Holy Spirit is like a wind when you when you're when you're in the boat you you understand you you perceive where the wind is you see what direction is coming and you have to tack back and forth to advance to a point where you want to go and so you have to make use of the wind uh, intelligently so that you can advance you can't go go straight unless the wind is behind you and um, what we have to ask. Now, in particular, is ask the Holy Spirit to give us that energy, and especially to avoid any thoughts of um, hopelessness or, you know, this feeling of this mere sedentary feeling of passivity, or, or for that matter, just being fixated in the same way. I will never somehow saying I will never, I will never change. It is the Holy Spirit who is responsible for making us feel truly, as we say, uh, anchored anchored but also anchored but also advancing at the same time so I'm stable but I have to advance in virtue I have to advance in prayer life I have to advance in my marriage not staying stuck in discouragement 
in repeated anger in work or at home or expressions of pride. So ask the Holy Spirit right now to dissolve any anger that may have built up this week or pride or if I've been humiliated in, in work or at home, I've failed in something. Get the Holy Spirit to dissolve all that so that I can step forward. Have Him pull you out of the quick of the quicksand of unstable emotions, of unsure decisions, of sadness, or just thinking, you know, that, that you have too many things to do and you're just thrashing around doing many good things or many prayers apparently, but, but you're just like in a kind of activism, doing, 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 but not really, really praying. Remember what um, the Lord said, apart from me, you can do nothing. In other words, it is impossible for us to be holy, to advance on our own. And we will save ourselves a great deal of discouragement and fruitless struggle if we uh, have confidence in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can do it. He can act. He, can, he is like the expert, the architect of our interior life. Let yourself be guided by Him. Take Him, you know, ask for help. You know, you're talking with somebody, you're talking to a young person, somebody in your family, and he maybe challenges you with a difficult question, or your spouse for that matter. Okay, how do I answer this question? What can I say? Very good thing, right there. You've got the person right in front of you. Just say, Lord, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. Fill my heart, give me a good answer. And whatever comes up will somehow be the fruit of your docility to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is hidden. But He's hidden. He's very sort of subtle there, but we can somehow experience Him acting. In every conversation, in every spiritual direction, every time we do some reading, every time we open the gospel, something pops up at us that would not pop up at somebody else. Every time we go to confession, every decision we make, we got to be conscious of this all-present action of the Holy Spirit. Do not be afraid of invoking Him. When you look at the Blessed Sacrament, come Holy Spirit, help me to have more faith. Call out to the Holy Spirit often. Every time you're engaged in talking, every time you're beginning your prayer, when you're writing, if some of you have to write, you have to write an email. And uh, we will feel precisely anchored, uh, anchored in heaven ultimately, not anchored in the bottom of the sea, not anchored in some kind of uh, human success. And we'll, we'll be able to even though we, we feel at the back of the pack like, you know, this, this, lovely, this lovely horse, rich strike. We can really win the Kentucky Derby by the grace of the Holy Spirit who will make us advance into His will for us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, 
and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, and my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.